listening to the Big Guy Sports Radio Show. Your home for New York sports. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Big Guy Sports Radio Show. We are here today live on June 23rd, Tuesday, 2020. Uh, Jim, your host with his co-host, Mac, as always. Mac, how are you doing today? Doing great today. I'm getting ready for a, a great show, a boxing show with one of the major experts in boxing T today. He's, he's one of the most influential writers in the last 25 years. He knows everything about boxing, everything about matches. And and we'll go ahead and we're going to get the chance to interview him today. So I'm very I'll excited. Give away all my introduction. Oh, you got plenty to say. So with that, be <laughs> with that being said, we are going to bring on our first guest. Uh, he, his name is Jack Hirsch. He was the president of the Boxers Writing Association of America from 2009 to 2014. He's been writing for the Boxing News since 1989. He was the president of Ring 8 New York from 2007 to 2000, 2017 to 2018. Uh, Ring Sports Magazine East Coast editor from 1997 to 2006. And the senior writer for the Boxing Beat Magazine from 1988 to 1989. So let's Bring him in. Hello, how are you, Jack? And welcome to the show, Jim Mack. I was really look. I'm really looking forward to doing this show. And thanks for the glowing introduction. I don't know whether I agree with what you said, Mac, but I'll tell it. <laughs> we get this off the internet, so if you say it's got to be true. Right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everything on Facebook is true. <laughs> Everything on there is true. So you know. So. We're uh, glad to have you and taking some time out of your day to answer some questions. And I know that, uh, you know, Mac has been pushing hard to uh, promote boxing and get it back to where it needs to be. He's a huge boxing fan. That's not to say that I'm not, but I know he makes it a practice to try to get boxing out there and push it as much as possible. We just had uh, Iceman Scully on the show a few weeks ago. So that was pretty good. So, Mac, I'll let you get right into it. Yes, sir. And again, thank you for coming in, Jack. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, thank I, you for having me. I'm going to take you way back, and I, I know I know uh, uh, that you were in the Golden Gloves a few times. You were a participant there, and and that you were also the sparring partner of the middleweight champion Vito Antifermo. Um, I I don't know if this was the greatest because this is when I really started watching the middleweight division when Hagler came out. Vito was there, and of course Minter was there. <laughs> And what, what, as a sparring partner, and I ask this off the cuff to you, as a sparring partner, is it your job to get him ready for the next fighter or just to make sure that he's in shape to fight? Well, I got to tell you an absolutely amazing story. I was uh, at the Sweeney Center PAL in Brooklyn, and I'd only taken up boxing for a few weeks. Uh, and a police officer brought this stocky Italian kid into the gym. He was going to arrest him, but he wanted him to be a fighter. And I was there when Vito was first brought to the gym and introduced to the coach, Joe LaGuardia. Now, the ironic part about it, the police officer's name was Joe Dwyer, who would later become a well-known professional boxing judge. But if I could freeze that moment in time, who would have ever thought at that exact moment when Vito was brought in off the street because he was fighting, the people standing there would be myself, you know, president of a, a big writing, boxing writing organization. 
and Joe Dwyer, well-known professional boxing judge and a short, stocky Italian kid would be the world middleweight champion. If someone said it at that moment, it would have been, you know, off the charts, fantasy land. But uh, I, I'm still in touch with Vito, and it's a weird thing. No matter how many big names in the sport that you're involved with, involved with, and I've been involved with giving Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather awards, you know, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Vladimir Klitschko, and so on. I'm still in awe, Vito. Okay, to this day. And the funny thing about it, we went in the car one time. And I told him that, you know, I said, Vito, you're not going to believe this, even though we've been friends a lot, a lot of years, I get all excited whenever we're together, and I pick you up. And I remember him telling me, and this was years ago, he says, I know exactly how you feel, because I feel that way when I'm around Emil Griffith. Now, <laughs> Emil Griffith was one of Vito's idols from Italy. Okay, yeah. and I'm not sure how fond Emil was of Vito. I mean, not because Vito beat Emil in 1974 when Emil was a little past his peak, because Vito loved teasing Emil because he loved him, joking, joking, joking. And I once drove the two of them to a charity golf tournament, and Emil exploded at Vito. And people were looking on the street, and he was, like, yelling at Vito. And Emil had been on the cover TV guide a few weeks before, and I'm sure, you know, a ton of people saw that. So Emil's celebrity status was coming back a little because it was a recollection of the tragic fight with Benny Kid Perret, who died in the ring against them. But with Vito, yeah, Vito was the type of fighter who got every last ounce out of himself. And listen, and he, he defended his world middleweight title successfully against Marvin Hagler, which is an yeah. astounding, you know, accomplishment. Do you think, Jack, that between, it looked to me, because Vito had a lot of heart, that's what it seemed to me about Vito and Infermo. When Hagler started coming out, and then you had a guy named Minter, and I think I'm almost positive he boxed out of England, and it seemed yeah. like the, the styles were just a little bit different, where Vito Infermo was more a brawler. Hagler was a, a, a boxer uh, a, and, and part brawler, but Mitchell was a pure boxer. And it always looked like there was – do you consider that class one of the greatest in middleweight history? Oh, it was. You know, but the, the sad part about it is the absolute dream fight in the middleweight division would have been Marvin Hagler against Carlos Monzon. And they missed one another by a couple of years because Hagler was on the way up when Monson retired and he wasn't quite firmly entrenched in the top contenders position for Monson to fight him. But the two of them were just a couple of years away from actually fighting. And that's the dream fight that people talk about today. I mean, Carlos Monson against Marvin Hagler. Okay. And, and I want to talk to you. I, I, me and my wife have been messaging you, mainly my, my wife, on, on Messenger about your knowledge. And I, 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 I told her that Frazier Ali, the fight, the number one, the fight of the century, was my first fight that I really watched the middle uh, heavyweight division go at it. You had both champions. Uh, Ali was the, 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 you know, got stripped of his title, but he was a champion at the time. They were both undefeated. It's at... Uh, Ali gets reinstated. It's at Madison Square Garden. It's promoted like a concert. Uh, it, you said you you told me uh, before the show, you know, prior that you were at that fight. Was that fight as as electric and that atmosphere as electric in person as it was on TV? Well, let me say something to Jim here. Jim, you can go to the next 
10 Super Bowls. They could all end in overtime. One game better than the next. Roll them all into one. Nothing compares to the first Ali Frazier fight, the event. Okay, it happened before you were born. Nothing <laughs> at all. Now, destiny allowed me to be sitting there in the last row. I was a teenager. Now, the cheapest seats were $20, the blue seats at the garden. Ringside was $150. Peanuts today, but big money at the time. And I actually had asked my parents for the $20, you know, for the cheap seats. And I mailed it in a couple of days after it went on sale. So of course, I wouldn't have a prayer getting a seat. First off, when you mail in money, just the idea that it wasn't stolen or whatever, right. that was, uh, you know, amazing in itself. But a ticket comes back in the mail. Years later, I'm sitting with Tommy Kenville, who was one of the people the heads, one of the heads of public relations at Madison Square Garden. He was one of the people in charge of dispersing tickets at the time. I didn't know him then, of course. And he explained it to me. There were a few single seats left in the garden after the initial wave. And because I asked for one, I lucked out. And sitting in the last row, I'm going to tell you, I presented awards, like I said, to Manny Pacquiao, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Etc. Been involved with the biggest names. Nothing compares to being there that night. I mean, the event was absolutely incredible. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Once in a lifetime. Not even once in a lifetime you get something like that. I bet the next lifetime there'll be not for whoever's around. It's not going to be that big. Well, speaking of uh, Ali Frazier, and I know that you know. From the people I speak to, because boxing is not as accessible these days as it used to be and everything's on, you know, you're paying to see it. A lot of people tend to bring up the Ali Frazier Award for the best fight of the year. And even though maybe in a lot of circles it might not be as important, but who was the best fight of the year last year? And maybe they'll listen to this and go look for it and find it and get well, some enjoyment out of it. Neo Annoy against Nonito Donaire. Uh was the fight of the year. I mean, the year before that, like Vladimir Klitschko against Anthony Joshua, whenever you have two heavyweights in the fight of the year, that really creates like a tremendous, tremendous buzz. And this year, it's going to be awfully hard for there to be a fight of the year. I mean, a true winner because whoever wins whatever awards, it's obviously a shortened year. Well, the one, the one from last year that you mentioned that maybe is not the most popular names as Klitschko or who's known if you I'm sure you've seen it was it that good was it you recommend it was it? that good it didn't actually it didn't get my vote I believe I voted for uh Errol Spence against Sean Porter but it's mm. a democracy and you get five good fights what we normally do is set up five nominees you know we vote and we narrow it down and it was close last year. I don't recall the other fights. I don't want to say because I might tread into the 2018 without <laughs> right. even realizing it. And someone it won't make me look too good. But, uh, you know, it's great, great fights usually pass the test of time. And that you're going to really remember them like the first Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns fight, the first fight, Alexis Aguayo, Aaron Pryor. I mean, those are the legendary fights that really pass the test of time that people talk about a lot of years later. And I went to a few years back, it was uh, about, five, I should say about five, six years back, 
I went to a banquet and I happened to find myself in the same uh, station wagon as Tony DeMarco. And all I could think in 1955, he and Carmen Basilio would fight it a year for Ring Magazine. So things like that, you know, really get me excited. Excellent. All right. Fair enough. So uh, let me see here. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you was, is one of the things that kind of like I had mentioned, boxing is kind of, there was a time, you know, so big, so big. I think back to, you know, you're going Ali Fraser, I go more my time, Tyson, you know, things like that. And then kind of like it's, you know, nowadays when you sit and you talk with people about sports, it's, you know, baseball, basketball, football, boxing is rarely ever mentioned. I mean, they, they mentioned MMA before they mentioned boxing is, what do you think happened and how they can get it back? Well, I don't think they really mentioned MMA before boxing, but the face of sports has really changed an awful lot. I mean, the World Series games, for example, used to be played weekdays. Okay, now it's on, uh, obviously, night games. It wants to get the biggest audience. I'm going to give you guys a little quiz guess for fun. The first mm -hmm. Ali Frazier fight, what night of the week do you think it took place on? The biggest sporting event of all time. I what feel like I say, what, what I feel like guess? a weekend is too easy, so I'm going to say Tuesday. <laughs> I, I, I'll go with Thursday night. Monday on a Monday night. Wow. Now, can you imagine the biggest event? I mean, a, let's say a Super Bowl game or whatever taking place on a Monday night. Now, of course, you get a blockbuster fight. It would take place on a Saturday night. Okay, and then NFL, you know, the Super Bowl takes place early evening, Sunday evening. And uh, the face of sports has changed because years ago that Madison Square Garden truly was the mecca boxing. There'd be a big fight. It would take place in the weeknight. And the next day, the New York Daily News, very big circulation, would have that fight on the back page. Like uh, Jerry Quarry, for example. Quarry wins by decision. And now... There's so much competition with other sports and really so much storylines. Uh, you wonder whether or not it's oversaturation or not. I'm sure you two have a very strong opinion on that. But uh, Well, what could you do if you could make a recommendation? What would you tell them to do to change it up to get it? Because I know Mac mentions when we've had conversations about this, his thing is he thinks it's died off somewhat because of the fact that everything's on pay-per-view now and you don't have those fights you used to see on NBC and all this other stuff. Do you think that plays a big part? Well, Mac is completely right because with pay-per-view, they charge you a lot of money and they give you a solid main event and they give you a lousy undercard. They really don't give you value for your money. Uh, we have the Boxing Writers Association of America, a writing contest in which the bylines are removed called the Bernie's. Now, when Mayweather fought Pacquiao, I didn't go to the fight. A year before that, I presented Mayweather the fight at the award in Las Vegas. Now, one year later, you know where I was for the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight? I was in my basement. What I did early in the day, I took $99 and I went to a flea market and I wrote a story how the money could be better spent than going to a fight. And I got third place, the third best column of all the writers, you know, submitting uh, for the year. And it's a ripoff. It's, it's a complete ripoff what they wind up charging you. But listen, there's the ESPN Plus. They only charge $5 a month. The Zone charges $100 a year, and you get 
good quality fights. But of course, when you get the rematch with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, they're going to charge you, you know, big money for that, lousy on the card. And as long as the consumer, you know, gives into that, you're still going to get overpriced pay-per-view shows. Right. One of our one of our uh, fans, Justin, says, "Forget pay per view." I'm not. He said something. He's else. right. I'll I agree. How did you forget pay per view? Forget pay per view. it's uh, it's you know. It's I mean, so even something crazy. like wrestling, like for example, which was such about. And there was a time in wrestling, you know, WrestleMania, everything you wanted to watch, wrestling, big event, pay per view. Now. They have the wrestling network. You pay $10 a month and it includes all the pay-per-views. So you Absolutely. get like 10, 11 pay-per-views out of them a year that you were spending $40, $50. Think of how much money you just saved. You know, Absolutely. The it's, it's the way to go. Well, they thought years back that the Super Bowl would wind up on pay-per-view. Oh, now, boy. and they could get away with it. They could charge $100 <laughs> you know, to watch the game and you know, people would pay it. Whatever, and I'm not sure. And then I guess maybe that would be worth it, you know, the Super Bowl in itself. But what happens if they start charging for the NBA playoffs? Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get out of hand. And they charge per imagine they start charging per game, and it's a seven game series, and you're spending, yeah, let's say they're charging even $60, you know, a game. I'm just throwing the total, but that's a few hundred dollars if it goes to full seven games. Sure, sure. They don't have to do that, Mac, because of the fact that they make, they get such, so much money out of these TV deals. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at a Super Bowl and you're getting what, a million dollars for 30 (laughs) seconds. So, I mean, that's how they're, that's how they're making their money. And that's why it hasn't gone to pay per view yet. Well, getting back to what you guys were saying before, like when we were talking about the face of sports, I think it was 1982, anywhere from 1980 to 1982, how the face of sports has changed. When the LA Lakers with uh, Magic Johnson was playing the Philadelphia 76ers with Dr. J, they didn't even telecast game six live of that series where the Lakers clinched. I mean, can you, that's hard to comprehend now. But Very that's true. when boxing was, you know, on top and so on. And uh, but the face of sports has really, really changed. They would never get away with that today. Like nowadays, no. nowadays I've seen sporting events be on TV, and it's just like I've seen game one of a series be on TV in a playoff, best of seven, and for five minutes the the television goes out and people are right now. I'm calling the cable company. I want my refund for the month. They go crazy. Yes, sir. Oh, well, that yes. famous Heidi game with the New York Jets and the Oakland yes. Raiders. I remember. I remember when they went off for Heidi. I mean, I ran to my radio immediately to try yeah. to hear. So I heard what happened. I could sense, but uh, I remember that. I remember that. Living, I mean, we're living in like a different day and age, and and some of the sports, unfortunately, are moved to the side. And and I think with boxing, it needs personalities. I think if you have the right personalities that you could sell, people are going to want to watch. And well, like you're I was saying before you have some young, a couple of young sensational fighters out there with potential, like Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. They're lightweights in. Let's say when Tyson Fury, if he's fighting Anthony Joshua, even though neither is an American, you got to believe the American public is going to catch on. 
And listen, people are hungry. Mike Tyson, he's 53 years old, and you're seeing all these pictures of him hitting the back that he's in shape. Can I ask you a question about that? Because it's sure you brought that before. I, I know Mac has like 10 in his sure. pocket. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the fans on Facebook just asked a question that just touched on every name you just mentioned. So Alexander asks, he wants your opinion. Is a Fury Wilder or one of them versus Joshua title fight more exciting or is a 53 year old Mike Tyson comeback more exciting for boxing? What's the bigger story? Listen, there's that talk. You hate to say it. If a man's going to jump off the top of a building, you hate it and you're afraid he doesn't do it, but you captivate it by, you know, you're watching, you don't want to, but it's news. I mean, and, and I could, you know, and if the three of us are going to be completely honest, and Mike Tyson was going to go at it against the Vander Holyfield again, and even in a six-round fight, we're not going to want to see it, but we will want to see it. You know, the interest, yeah. fact, the curiosity factor, and let's face it, at age 53, I mean, the chances of Mike Tyson doing anything substantial are virtually nil, but because he's Mike Tyson, he takes off his shirt, he throws some combinations, there's that mystique and people are going to pay as insane as it is. Yes. And, and we're interested. Listen, you mentioned the WWE before. I mean, we're interested. Tyson was on AEW wrestling two weeks ago. Yeah, okay. wrestling. I mean, they watch anything Tyson does. It doesn't matter right, what it right. is. I'm, it's, well, well, Jack, let me. LeBron James signed an NFL contract and he decided he wanted to play and he was playing tight end, let's say, for whatever team. And you had your choice of games. You'd want to see LeBron James, you know, how he'd be doing. Sure, You know, sure. over, over, you know, a traditionally great the Knicks, for sure. <laughs> well, well, Jack, Jack, back to boxing real quick. Now, I, have a, I also have another theory, not just that they're on pay-per-view now, but don't you believe that two divisions in boxing is plenty, not three or four or five, whatever they sanction? I mean, doesn't that cheapen the title itself? Oh, of course it does. But we get used to it. I mean, there are four major titles now. And it bothers me, uh, you know, how it hurts boxing from a historical sense. And people don't even realize it. Now, we're to be asked, who was the youngest man to ever win the World Heavyweight Championship? People are going to say Mike Tyson when he knocked out Trevor Burbick. Tyson had four titles to choose from, okay, then. And Floyd Patterson only had one title at the time. So <clears throat> it, it's, not, it's just not the same. Someone who would normally be a number three contender, not be a world champion, in this day and age, he's going to be a two-time world champion. Right. And, and you know, Jack, even piggybacking that a little bit, the amount of classes there are today, you normally had, you know, some basic classes. Now a boxer, it seems, can put on 10 pounds and move up three classes and have three different belts if he can defend the title. Yeah, well, there's 17 weight classes, and it's absolutely insane. Well, the latest rumor going around is Manny Pacquiao, might want to go up to challenge Gennady Golovkin. And people are saying, how can he go up two weight divisions? But in the past, it would only be one weight division. He's at 147 now, Golovkin's at 160. It's not as crazy an idea as people are making it out to be. But you're right. And all these weight divisions allow the elite fighters to dodge one another. 
because they can, it's like a chess game. If they stay in their own division, they can fight for another title or they can move up a division, move down a division. And it's, no, it's really not good for boxing. Uh, I got to say, I got it. So looking at, yeah, Fury Wilder coming up and then potentially, I guess, whoever comes out of that against Joshua is Fury in your opinion, hands down the best, uh, the best fighter, or you think Joshua has a shot or will Wilder get revenge? Cause I wasn't that impressed with Wilder. In this second well, I was fight. impressed with, with myself. If you go to YouTube, link in my name of boxing, you'll see, I was interviewed before the Fury, uh, Wilder fight. And I felt it would turn out exactly the way I said. So I look good. I wouldn't be mentioning to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come out perfectly. Right. Keep my mouth shut. But I said he would take, carry the fight to Wilder and stop him in the middle rounds. Because the thing is, Tyson Fury, there's a massive man. Like you mentioned before, Jim, the WWE. Wouldn't he be great in the WWE, Tyson Fury? Big a guy. big guy with that personality. And Deontay Wilder's hitting a guy that's more than 40 pounds, that weighs more than 40 pounds uh, than him. And imagine a lightweight, 135, hitting a light heavyweight who's 175. He's, the chances of him hurting him are very small. And that's, that's the one thing about heavyweights. If someone's going to give away 30, 40 pounds, we don't even give it a second thought. But how come it, the lower weight divisions, it's a big, big deal. I mean, you tell me. So it sounds like you're convinced he's going to get through Wilder again. So that will bring me to my other question. Can Joshua take him down? Joshua, well, he's going to have two chances to do it because the way they, they're going to work, they're going to work on a 50-50 split whenever the fight takes place. And then they're going to have a rematch like Fury and Wilder agreed to. And the winner of the first fight gets 60%. The loser gets 40%. So there are going to be two opportunities there. And I think, do I think, I like to take it a fight at a time. I do think Fury is going to be wild in the rematch, even though it's probably going to be a little more difficult, but I've no doubts he's going to prevail. And then uh, Tyson Fury really has all the tools. I mean, he could move forward for a big man. He's so mobile and, uh, but you never know where his head's going to be at. That's the thing about it. With Tyson Fury, he's a bit of a loose cannon at times. So all yours, man. <laughs> so so I'm gonna talk about Fury style a little bit because I love boxing. I love I love I love the whole skill and 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 Elvis styles. Fury to me, what's hard about Fury to me is that he always he looks off balance, but he's not. He can move back and hit you, he can come in and hit you, he can counter punch you, and he does have power. So you think Fury, if he does keep his head right. Because he's so hard to to get on top of for another boxer. Do you think he could be a great champion, or is he just going to be a solid champion that's going to have a couple of years? I th yeah, I think he could be a great champion. He could be an all time great. But the whole thing is uh, motivation. You start making big money and so on. And Fury's been known to let himself go a little. You know, put on some weights and so on. I think fighters' declines begin between fights. They have a layoff, they fall completely out of shape, and then they train hard for a couple of months, as opposed to the way they should be doing things, training hard all year. 
So with Fury, people were concerned before the last Wilder fight because all of a sudden his weight went up to 271 pounds. But with heavyweights, oftentimes weight doesn't mean that much. I mean, it, you know, there's, good, there's a good addition of pounds and then there's a bad addition of pounds. Yeah. All right. So uh, go ahead, Jim. No, I was going to take one of his questions. I don't know, because we were all over the place. I was going to ask, so as we mentioned a few weeks back, we had uh, Iceman Scully on, who was a spectacular guest. He's, uh, he must have spent like 45 minutes on the show. Really good guy. Really loved to talk boxing. Said a lot of the stuff you said, very similar about the too many titles, too many divisions. I mean, he was ready to have us have a title and just let people <laughs> Coming and fight for yeah, that. Iceman should have been able to grab a title. It was a heck of a fight yep. with all the divisions. I mean, <laughs> he, he said so many titles, you could have a big guy's sports title. But the uh, he's very high on the fighter he's training, Order Bedabeev. And I just wanted to get your opinion on where you see him in the future and his chances of becoming a champion. He really likes him a lot. Well, obviously, I guess he's his trainer. He would, but he seems pretty high on him. Well, John's right. He's a heck of a fighter, very strong, a powerhouse, so on. But his problem in the immediate future, there's no one of high profile for him to fight. Now, he could have a unification fight against a guy like Dimitri Bival, which is fine. But fighters need that one massive fight to really put them over the top, make them a star. And he really doesn't have anyone out there. Like I said, he could fight Bival. Maybe Sergei Kovalev could fight him. But Kovalev is kind of tarnished. The way, you know, the way coming off the Canelo Alvarez defeat. And for him, he can't really move up the cruiserweight in the, to get the right opponent because there's no one in the cruiserweight division that would be there for him. Uh, what I would ask John, and yeah, at the time you had him on, I guess I wouldn't ask him, but the more we talk about it, it pops into my head. Would his guy really consider moving directly from light heavyweight to heavyweight? What's the most he can weigh? Because sometimes someone's making 175, they can get up to 215 without out compromising anything and become a legitimate heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you think do you think that 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 would be my follow up question? Do you think that he could carry 215, keep his power, and a little bit of speed he does, and go up against a natural heavyweight? Uh, John would be, yeah, yeah. I would have called John last night to ask him that. I know it was funny because he's the one that could answer that, but he might be a bit biased at all. They'd have to make a transition. Transitioning moving up isn't that hard to do. The problem is when the fight is moved down, you know, where the weight goes up and down and up and down. It takes a lot out of you. It basically finished Roy Jones off because Roy Jones transitioned up the heavyweight, beat John Ruiz. And then he moved down in weight to fight Antonio Tarv. And even though he won the first fight, was basically the beginning of the end. And the same thing, you can't just go up and down with weight. But if you go straight up and it happens naturally, and you don't, you want to eat sensibly. But the good thing about being a heavyweight, you don't have to diet at all. Or at least you shouldn't. You should just eat sensibly. And if you can put on the weight, that's yeah. great. Because, I mean, I remember when Spinks went up to fight Tyson. I mean, he was a great light, light heavyweight. But when he went up to Tyson, he just, I mean, he looked scared, for God's sakes, when he got in the ring with that man. Well, it's an interesting thing. You know, Michael Spinks is a great, great guy. And when uh, Mike and I got to spend an afternoon with him, and he's really a good, good person. But, uh, but what Michael Spinks said, no one considers this, 
everyone's saying how intimidated he was. And he's saying now, he wasn't intimidated at all. Tyson was just better than him. His advantage, he always said, was being quicker than the other guy. And he was astounded that Tyson actually had a speed advantage, got off yeah. quicker. It was the first time he was fighting against a guy who was actually quicker than he was. And everyone just assumes it's intimidation and so on. And, and remember the sequence where Spinks got knocked out? He actually threw a beauty of a right hand, but Tyson landed first and was all she wrote. Yeah, because even Sugar Ray Leonard said that Tyson had some of the fastest hands he ever saw in that. Oh, game. yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. so yeah. Go ahead, Jack. Right, no, well, we, tend, I, we tend to have certain images of fighters and so on. And we have certain images of Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson, for example. But what made those guys so great? They were tough. They were so mentally tough. Okay, and that's why they would hang in there, and that's why they'd win their fights uh, the way they did. And people would always think, well, it's the skill level that they're better, they're more talented. But there was that extra little, you know, intestinal, you know, fortitude that those guys had. Yeah, yeah. the mystique too of Tyson by saying, you know, he's intimidating, especially back in the day, <laughs> builds it up, you know, like, sure. yeah. You know, well, fighters are sometimes beaten, and you kind of wonder. Let me ask you now: a 53-year-old Mike Tyson, would anyone be intimidated? Now, Deontay Wilder has been saying a lot of negative things about Mike Tyson. You know, he goes on and on and on. And let's say Tyson could get a commission to license him to box Deontay Wilder somewhere. Now, Wilder would jump at the opportunity, thinking it's easy money. But what we were talking about before, there would be people out there who would think Mike Tyson would actually win. And there's always that little small element of doubt in your head. But yeah. it's, I, I would. I think insane. <laughs> I'm a little apprehensive only because of this. I was asked many years ago when George Foreman came back to the ring when he was 38. I remember going on a talk show like this. Not as good as this one, of course, but a talk <laughs> show. And they were asking me about the George Foreman comeback. He was out of the ring 10 years. I was laughing, saying what a complete joke it was. So on, 10 years out of the ring, you know, it's not logical. Seven years later, at age 45, he regains the World Heavyweight Championship. At age 45, eight years younger than Tyson is today. I mean, it's ludicrous to think Tyson can beat a Tyson Fury, but Anthony well, Joshua, who's weak chin, it's a, the longest of long shots, but who knows? Right. Well, well, Jack, one thing, one one follow-up on that. If Tyson fought just a three-round exhibition, no full fight, I don't think he could, could stay in there with any heavyweight for 10 rounds. But if he fought a three-round exhibition, you know, just three rounds, and he still got that power, you know, he hasn't lost his power yet. Do you think he would have a chance of knocking one of those guys out? Well, if you think it's an exhibition, you're not supposed to knock someone out of an exhibition. This ain't Rocky. He's been watching. I was telling him about Rocky IV yesterday. He's thinking Apollo Creed getting knocked out now. <laughs> yeah, Rocky came back at age 60 and looked. Right? Uh, he came right back of a fight. I mean, listen, it's, if he fights another you know, heavyweight with a weaker chin, look, look, Anthony Ruiz clipped. You know, Anthony Joshua, and look what happened. And let's say Tyson threw a looping punch. It's the longest of long shots. But I, I hope it doesn't take place because what no one talks about, if you hear the way Tyson speaks now as opposed to when he was younger, his speech, you know, 
yeah. is just a little, a little off. I mean, not that bad, but it's a little thick, so on. And that's the result of punches taken in the ring. See, if he's going to make any type of comeback, that means you have to spy, you have to occasionally be hit. Then you hit it during the fight. And I, I'm still haunted a little when you think of the situation with Jerry Quarry, who died, I think, yeah, it's something like uh, 46 or whatever. I shouldn't say his exact age, but he died way before his time. And I remember interviewing him about seven years before, and I had to look him up, and I, he was working as a bartender, you know, out in Las Vegas, and I kept getting a lot of leads. Then I had a, finally got him on the phone, and we talked a couple hours. And then he had this fight against an unknown fighter who I'm going to make famous. I think his name was Ronald Kramer something. And I saw a clip on that on YouTube, and the punches Quarry was taking, it was criminal to allow that for low money, head snapping punches and and I'm not saying I mean fights like that put somebody you know over the top unfortunately and uh, it's never the fault of the opponent you know they're just doing their job but why li why license someone to allow them to go through that and why would they want to you know risk their well-being why would Tyson want to risk his well-being unless he needs the money bad enough if he if he can make a fortune of money or boxing anyone, I mean, would you allow it to take place or not? I've heard Tyson's pretty wealthy because he well, he has all those uh, marijuana farms going on. So I've heard he's quite, <laughs> heard he's quite doing well in there in uh, Colorado or wherever he has well, them. Who do you think is going to do better, Tyson, uh, with, the, with the brand on that as opposed to George Foreman's grilling machine? <laughs> good question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They sound like good. a good package together. I don't know. Let but the yeah. foreman still wants to have a little go at it, but his wife doesn't want him to. No. But, uh, That's why I was concerned when they said, when there was talk about even an exhibition, you know, because at least Tyson, you know, when you look at him, you watch the videos, he looks like he's in good shape. He looks strong. They said, oh, Tyson Holyfield. I would be more concerned for Holyfield's health, not because I say that Tyson's going to knock him around, but just Holyfield, when he speaks, he looks like he's taking a lot more punishment to the head than Tyson. And I would be worried about anyone letting Holyfield in the ring. Well, not just Holyfield. Shannon Briggs is talking about fighting Tyson and so on. And I kind of have mixed feelings. If someone needs the money that bad, let's say a Tyson opponent, and it's life-altering money for them, and they have no other means of real income to bring in, I mean, how can, it's hard to oppose it. I once spoke, I, I, was, I was involved with this group for years. I was on their board of directors, the American Association of Professional Ringside Physicians. And I won't say who the physician is, but he was the main doctor on his commission. And he, we were once talking and he told me in confidence that if it meant life altering money for someone, if a fighter was absolutely poor, was gonna be in poverty, but one fight would be life altering for him and his family, you know, what he could make on that, he might look the other way, you know, and actually pass him on the exam just uh, because wow. it, would, it would change, you know, the course of his life. Yeah. yeah. You got okay, one so, more for him, Mac? Well, I just I want I want Jack to tell us what he's doing now, what he's writing for. I saw something that you have an online article that you write. I, I think I saw that. 
and that you're still writing for another uh, public publication or two. So I want you to let the listeners know so they can go check out your great work. Right, right. On Boxing News Online, it's uh, it's a well. First off, they have the magazine. It comes out weekly in England. You could get it in a digital format, and they have the website to Boxing News Online. I'm always moving on to the next story so it's never like one thing it's not like a fighter who fights and then lays off like a few months i finish one and then a day or two later i go to the next one and uh sometimes you have to let the new you know the news about and so on but especially during this time now boxing's going to have like a, a resurgence uh because it's been away a while so even though we've had an absence you're going to see like a big flurry of fights and there are a lot of good fights that are going to happen. I'm especially excited about the Vasily Lomachenko Tiafimo Lopez fight. It was supposed to have taken place, you know, at Madison Square Garden. And it's very intriguing because Lomachenko is considered by many the best fighter pound for pound in the world. But as they say, styles make fights. And Tiafimo Lopez is a murderous puncher. And Lomachenko, a smaller man at lightweight, is going to be moving into the eye of the cannon. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. I'm, I'm picking Lopez. I'll go on. All right. Well, I'm going to write that down, Jack. Best right. Yeah. Let me ask that before we uh, let you go, where can we send people to go and read your stuff? Uh, they should go to uh, Box, uh, Boxing News Online. You know, just Google it. Boxing okay. News Online. And that's the best thing. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I think, okay. I think we can't thank you enough for coming on and giving us some. Well, I can't thank you guys info. enough, and I'd love to come on in the future. I had a you yeah. know, great time, and I'm going to try to talk a little less. Next no, it's time. great. Trust me, that's us rest. I'd say this was your introdu introduction to the people, our fans out there, and it was great. It was great having you on and all your knowledge. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and hopefully you could come back when we get closer to uh, the next fight, the next big fight. Yeah, thank you so much. It would be my right. pleasure. Thank you, thank Jack. You, Have a good day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Excellent. So that was Jack Hurst, who a lot of great insight, and he's got a ton of knowledge that, you know, and now he makes me, I got to find out how I can watch the Ali Frazier fight. Cause I oh, my God. I worries. I mean, you can find the, the Ali Frazier full flight. On 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 any site out there, it's boxing site. I'm telling you, Jim, this was it, it was so incredible. I was a young kid when this came out, and I was sitting there and I'm watching uh, this one, you know, braggadocious guy and this one kind of humble guy. And Ali's got all the flash, and here's Frazier. He looks like he's built like a tank, and they're going at it. And oh my God, there's a, there's a quick story on that too. James Taylor, you know James Taylor, the singer. Yes. Well, he. He had a concert that night that had to be canceled because of this fight, and they gave them free tickets to go watch it. And all the stars were there. It was it was it was Don King before there was Don King. It was unbelievable. Listen, you know, I mean, I grew up with uh, you know, you got I had Tyson. I was a huge Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr. I loved. I was a huge Oscar De La Hoya fan. Oh, yeah, loved definitely. Him too. You know, so those were my guys. Big Andre Andre Ward fan. Yeah, yeah. Know, lost the fight, so I don't know why right. he's not talked about as one of the best ever. I don't right. know why Mayweather just automatically gets that, you know. But you know, whatever. But it's great to have boxing people on, and of course, when we next time we get close to like a big fight, we'll let him come on and just let us know who's going to win. 
Exactly. And, and, and accurate as he just said, I got to get my scratch together. Exactly. And he makes for, the prediction and go down and throw. <laughs> throw and, and, yeah, definitely. And any other and any other boxing fans out there will have Iceman back on with his fighter. He's a yeah. great champion. Uh, well, it sounds like, according to him, it sounds like based on his review of Alter Betabeev is that he should pretty much just roll through picking up all the light heavyweight titles because it sounds yeah. he feels like he's hands down the best fighter in the light heavyweight. So even though they might not be the big paydays unless he moves up that he wants still to go and grab whatever belts he can grab and just run through that division can lead him to the next level. We'll have to, we'll have to reach out. Even if we just do it to get a comment on a follow-up, we'll have to reach out to Iceman Scully and ask him based on what Jack said is, is it something in the future that he could put on those 40 pounds and not lose his ability? Right. Right. You know, definitely. Find out what he has to say. But on that note, we do have other sports that we need to talk about. So sure. as we get into the next thing that we want to talk about, yesterday, lo and behold, the group that can't shoot straight, um, you know, that couldn't shoot straight baseball, they decided finally that they're coming back. So just to give everybody a little bit of an understanding on what exactly went down, the reason that the, reason that the players – Turn down the, turn down the original sixty game thing. Even though they're going to play it now, is because in order for them to agree to the sixty game, the sixty game offer that was put in by Major League Baseball, they would have had to basically given up their right to file a grievance. They right. would have given up. So they wanted to play the sixty games. They just couldn't sign the owner's proposal they had to let the owners basically come in and say you know based on the march agreement the mandate that they'll play so it's they didn't turn that down because i don't want people to get confused about this they did not turn that down because they didn't want to play the 60 games they turned it down because the only way they could keep their ability to file a grievance if they need to is if they come in and they play based on basically the march agreement to where they're basically right. the commissioner sets the mandate and they come in so the way it's set up now barring any crazy outbreak or anything nuts that's going to happen which you know you never know you never know. They're supposed to get it to be signed off officially by today at five. Basically, what happens is they're going to training camp right around the corner. They're going to go into training July 1st, which is, you know, like eight days away. And then they're going to start the weekend of July 23rd, 24th, 60 games, expanded playoffs, probably the rework of the divisions to my understanding. So the Mets and Yankees are looking like they're going to be in the same division. So get get ready for that, New York fans. That's going to be great. Uh, you're just yeah. going to play teams in your division. It is what it is. Um, Sixty games, expanded playoffs. The divisions reworked. Uh, they haven't decided yet on 2021. They're still going back and forth on whether they'll expand playoffs there, how they're going to play it, what the divisions is going to be. Right, so right. right now, you just got to take it, Mac, for what it is. It's yeah. a it's a sixty game season. We get baseball. It's a reworked, it's a reworked divisions. But I don't think anyone should flip out and say, "Oh, they reworked it this this year." Does that mean the Mets and Yankees are going to be stuck in the same division next year? That's not necessarily true. That is very possible. A lot of that will have to be dictated by what happens with the virus 
And is it safe for people to just be all over the country or not? If right, they right. feel that the Yankees and Mets shouldn't be traveling to the West Coast next year, then they'll be in the same division again. Yeah. You know, so but this is good news, right? Because I, we got to see we gotta, we need sports, don't we? I, I, that I agree with. Like, we got to see something. But is that 60 games? Is that really a, is that really a season? And that's the only thing. That's, all, that's the only sad part of this whole thing, because this could have been worked out months and months and months and months ago. Uh, uh, or when it, back in March is when the virus hit. So that's April, May, and June. They had three months to work something out, to get something together. It was sad to see it. I mean, the last uh, thing the, the Major League ball players said was they wanted a 70-day ga- game season. That had nothing to do with grievances, was not brought up in the in, in the newspapers or articles I read. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're going to have something. Mm-hmm. Um, again, an asterisk going to be beside it, and, and it is – you know, it's interesting you say that. And let me just say, if we're, we'd love to hear what you guys think on this. If you have comments or questions and you're watching on Facebook, please post. If you'd like, the phone lines are open. You can call in. We'd like to hear your thoughts on the baseball season. 732-716-2606 is the number. Again, it's 732-716-2606. Or you can post your comments on Facebook. That's fine as well. Um if you have an opinion on this, I put up a poll. I put, you know, me and my polls. I love my polls. Yes, I, put up, I put up a weekly poll and I basically asked everybody pretty simple. What's your opinions? I put it on multiple sites, different social media sites. I basically said now that baseball's returning, how do you feel? Uh, the options were great missed baseball could care less at this point or pissed off won't watch it so i had to total up the votes because not everything was just on facebook i put it in other places i sent it out to people that i know through email to get their opinion and basically it was pretty close it was pretty close uh i 60 of the vote was great missed baseball 40 percent of the vote was could care could care less at this point and nobody voted for pissed off, won't watch it. But still, kind of, you know, could care less at this point is as close to pissed off, won't watch it. Very close, though. I mean, yeah. I know you, I'm not just, you know, because I had a lot more, I had a lot of votes from, to, I had to pull together from different sources. So you can't just go off the counts on one source. And 60% excited, 40% couldn't care less shows you the toll that this took. Well, and not only that, Jim, there's no other sports playing right now. I mean, could you imagine if basketball was playing and hockey was playing? I think those those totals would have went just the opposite. I think 40 would have said, you know, we're excited to see back and 60 wouldn't care. We really got nothing to watch right now besides, you know, some wrestling and MMA. Back. Yeah, right. So, I mean, we really don't have anything to watch. So I think it's more magnified that people want to see something. You know? Well, no, you hit it right on the head there is that – you know, if, if everything had been playing, if hockey had been playing right now, if they had come back sooner, boxing had come back sooner, uh, you know, with all that stuff going on, people would have been so invested with that. They would have stopped even following the news about baseball and it would have took right. a bigger hit. They would I have just, so. like, I don't have time for those people. But, you know, regardless, you know, you mentioned the asterisk. Uh, again, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Comments on Facebook. 
If you want to comment on Facebook for me to see the comment, you have to comment on the big guy sports page. Unfortunately, the software that Facebook lets people use does not allow me to see if it's shared on nine different channels. I can't see all the comments. The only comments I could see are the ones that come through on the big guy sports Facebook page. So you can go like that, the big guy sports. We bring, we answer anyone's questions. We bring up comments all the time. Um, even those on Twitter, I can't, they can't feed through here, unfortunately. So the, and also you could call in phone lines are open 732-716-2606. You mentioned an interesting point because I've thought about this for a while now, you know, as we've been going through weeks and weeks and weeks of back and forth banter, like, a, like a bunch of children fighting in the sandbox. Right. I thought to myself, and I've gone back and forth multiple times on this, like, how do I feel about the, you know, how do I feel about the, the fact that is, should there be an asterisk? How do I feel? How, you know, what's, what am I thinking about this? And there have been times where I thought, oh, it would be and times where I've even told people, oh, you know, it's a waste. I don't know why, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm going to be honest, I've come off of that. Maybe this is me just being a little giddy because of how much I love baseball, because it was what I played and the most growing up. And it meant the most to me. Now I'm giddy. So I'm over that. To me, I don't think there's an asterisk. And I'm going to tell you why. And we're, we'll debate this. We debate for a half hour. I don't care. Okay. Uh, that's what we do here. We debate. The I don't think it's an asterisk because everybody's playing 60 games. So it's equal across the board. So how can there be an asterisk? I mean, we're, we're strictly putting an asterisk on it because maybe one team can get hot for a month and one team gets cold and they miss. Well, don't get cold. I mean, but it's the same for everybody, isn't it? I mean, it's the same amount of games. I don't know because you have different ages, different players, different makeups of teams. Um, for instance, uh, the big comebacks in August and September that a lot of teams have done, and that's not 162 games, but it's pretty close. So if you have a banged-up team, if you're hurt a little bit, if you have an older team and you're not warmed up enough, or if you have a rookie team that's not experiencing, go either way. And – this team, say the Twins, the Orioles, the Tigers, for example, I'm not trying to put them down, but they get hot and they go on a, you know, they go on a, a 15 and five winning streak. And here's the Mets sitting back there who have a have a very good team, very solid team, and they go five and 15. Well, they're pretty much almost out of the out of the race already. So right, but I, can't you counter with that? Like, if you let's say Baltimore, for example, because they're supposed to be terrible. So let's say Baltimore, because they're in this new division alignment, and I'll get to your question in a second, Justin. Uh, they're going to be in the Mets and Yankee division. So let's say Baltimore gets hot, squeezes into that last playoff spot, and the Mets or the Yankees somehow miss out. Okay, right. So their argument could be, and this is a solid argument. Baltimore could say, "Well, listen, it's not our fault. You got cold. We didn't." I mean, we played the same amount of games. I mean, what do you want? I mean, even's even. It's not like, yeah. like Baltimore is playing 60 and the Yankees are playing or the Mets are playing 40. Even's agree. even. I agree, agree with that. But, again, the makeup of the teams are different. I mean, if you've got a team that's a little older, a little more injured, or you have a very rookie team that's inexperienced up there playing, I mean, suppose, for instance, you had a problem with your closing pitcher last year. Suppose he has. We always do. So that's nice. That's a good hypothetical because it's real. But thank you. <laughs> Suppose he has a repeat of last year and you guys lose 26 saves or say 15 saves. That just because you didn't find a replacement, just because he might have been injured and he didn't come out, just because his, 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 his uh, mechanics are off a little bit and you could adjust that. Well, you really don't have time for that right now. And I don't disagree with it. It's the same for everybody. 
The only thing that I'm saying is that there's different makeups for different teams. And and a lot of teams get off to slower starts than the newer teams, whether it's because of older pitching, whether it's because they're really young and green. There's a lot of different reasons. I, and I if, agree with you. Go ahead. Keep, I mean, I agree. Okay. But you got to factor in. Let me give you one thing and sinker in because I agree with you in this, all of it. Because you bring up good points. What about if what happens if I'm just hypothetically speaking here, right? Uh, let's what happens if Glaber Torres and Aaron Judge contract the virus and now they mm -hmm. have quarantine for two weeks and the Yankees right. are two and ten during those two weeks because they can't play. You're absolutely right. But I think the reason I'm so positive and giddy about it is well, well, for two reasons. Number one, three reasons, maybe. Number one, I miss baseball. It's warm outside. It's nice outside. I went out last night. I was hanging out with my neighbors, smoking a cigar, as I frequently like to do, enjoying the nice weather. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the perfect night to be sitting outside. And if I don't have, obviously, I don't have my TV outside to just be listening to the Mets on the radio or listening to a ball yeah. game. That's number yeah. one. Number two, um, I was worried soon we were going to have to start talking about reruns of Seinfeld and Golden Girls, which is not make you know, it's not good for sports radio. I mean, honestly, I mean, if we want to go beyond the, you know, the CW or the Freeform Network, we could do that. You know, that'd be good. Um, that was the second thing. And honestly, I just don't want to see the bickering. And I thought that to me, I thought if they could find a way to somehow get through this, just maybe, maybe we'll get spared after next year a strike. Because oh, that's the last thing. I want. It's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed yet because the players can still grievance. It's it, I'm not going to do them the 2022 yet. Okay, I'm going to ride the high today, the All high right. of the fact that we are coming back and the hope that people stay healthy and hope that over the next 40, 30 days before they debut, that things don't get out of control with the virus to where they have to shut down. And just to answer Justin's question, according to the divisions, the whole point of the divisions is to limit the travel. So right. you basically would only play the 10 teams in your division. And I don't have them right in front of me like I did a month ago, but I know the Yankees and the Mets were in the same division with Baltimore. I think Atlanta wasn't. I could no. be I could be wrong. I think Atlanta. No, the, Mets died the, Atlanta. With the Red Sox, Baltimore, the Phillies. Um, Mets, Yankees, uh, the five. Nationals, six. Right. Let so me see if I can look at the look this up while you tell me something about. I mean, am I wrong about all this? I mean, we're, you're happy you're going to play, right? I mean, I miss it too. I miss it too, big guy. I miss sitting out there uh, at the pool or out there uh, at a at a barbecue or a picnic and and listening to the game on the radio. That's how I normally watch the games. I listen to them on the okay, radio. Okay, I lost them. So we had a little we had a little connection problem here. Um, it could be me, could be him. I don't know. He's a little gone, but he'll be back. I don't even know if I'm actually still alive, but hopefully we are. What's so that? anyway, so while we wait for Mac to reconnect. I'm trying to look up for you, Justin, um, if I could find out some information for you about the divisions. I did have it. I don't know where I misplaced it. Um, so I'm looking for that right now while I wait for Mac to reconnect. Let me see if I could find this. I know it was he named six of the teams already. So I'm trying to look for it. Now, they haven't confirmed the 10-man thing, but that was pretty much like almost a set in stone thing because at the time, um, how could you travel everywhere? You know what I mean? So you couldn't travel everywhere. So they had to do the 10 team division. They had no choice. So that's what we're working on. So Mac, you're back. What were you saying? I'm sorry. You uh, a little, no, no. In fact, that was weird, live, baby. 
That was weird because I was still there listening to you, looking at you, and then you said, I've gone. And I'm like, I'm looking behind myself, like, what happened? Yeah, he's gone. (laughs) Yes, sir. Go ahead, give it to me. Uh, The only thing I was saying was that I missed the days where, you know, I was out there swimming in the pool and and listening, uh, listening to the game eating uh, barbecue and and that's how I that's how I did baseball all the time I listened to the radio so. well here's the division the Mets and Yankees would be in now like I said they haven't 100% confirmed this but it's almost a given the, okay. the divisions is what these are the divisions they were going to use I can't see them playing in five-man divisions and just having people travel all over the country especially with a 60 game schedule because if you think about it right off the bat you want most of your games to be played against division opponents right. and that's almost like 60 games I mean you know what I mean so um, here's what you would be looking at, Justin. You're looking at Boston, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, the Yankees, the Nationals, the Mets, the Blue Jays, Miami, and Baltimore. That is what you're looking at. Now, interesting. I want to give you a little interesting thing here. So, so uh, one of the there's a lot of good, really good, <coughs> excuse me, baseball games out there where they run simulations. Um, one of them, if anyone's ever played a game called Out of the Park baseball it's probably the most realistic simulation game ever i mean i know mac you're probably not into the game so much anymore but this is a game it's simulation style like they have every player who's ever played major league baseball since the day of time yeah. every korean player ever you could play with anyone you can go play back with beirut the man you can go cool. the 1917 season I mean, so anyway they ran a 10 team sim and based on their 10 team sim boston tampa through 60 games well no actually this one was 100 games all right so i can't even use this one but the yankees and mets missed the playoffs in that sim. yeah there you anyway, go uh, but that was a 100 game sim, and boston won the division so anyway that's what you're looking at for the divisions um alexander mentions think baseball's missing out the quarantine could have given a huge boost to baseball same with mls and ratings and fans alex hits it on the board man i mean i'm sure soccer ratings are up right now because they're out there. oh yeah they're oh, yeah. and people are starving for, for yeah. sports right now and they're going to be back but this is good stuff but we're going to cover this some more after the break uh you ready to handle a flash mac because you're going to yeah. handle the first one all right so mac we got our 30 30 sports flash brought to you by well the Big Guy Sports. Here we go. The Big Guy Sports 30 and 30 Sports Flash. And this is the Big Guy Sports Update. In the NBA, return to play considered to be too big to fail. And no matter the increase in positive virus, the schedule will continue as planned. And in hockey, the New York Islands, Islanders, they got a new new place they're hanging out at, right? They have released new images of Belmont Park Arena. It's set to open in 2021, so go ahead if you get a chance, if you're a, a hockey fan, and take a look at that. In boxing, the class of 2020 Hall of Fame inductees include Bernard Hopkins, Sugar Shane Mosley, and promoter Dan Goosen will be combined with the class of 2021 uh, just for that for the ceremony. And the additions of Floyd Mayweather and Andre Ward are expected to be uh, inductees next year. Uh, um, AEW Wrestling has suspended Sammy Guevara after an inappropriate sexual comments about Sesha Banks where he made on a podcast that has resurfaced. And the Portland Trail Blazers' Trevor Ariza has decided against coming back in Orlando to be more focused spending time with his son and putting his family first. And that's the big guy sports update. 
brought to you by all our followers on Facebook Live and the streaming apps that we are right now. Brought to you by Justin. That could be brought yes, to right. So <clears throat> I just want to say, because we're going back to baseball, obviously, you mentioned – yeah, you, I know you don't follow wrestling like I do, but that Sammy Garvea, who is a rising star in wrestling, that's a bad comment. I don't know if you've seen the comment. I didn't see it. So, so 2016. Now, let me give you a little backstory. Sammy Garvey is a young guy, good attitude, great talent. Like he's got, he can fly around the ring. He's got good young talent. He's probably was was poised. I don't know what'll happen yet to be a superstar. And he was filling in at an event back in, I think, 2016. And he took, he saw Sasha Banks. Now, if you see, okay. Sasha, you see Sasha Banks, let me just tell you, Sasha Banks is gorgeous. So smoking. Anyway, yeah, smoking. So anyway, she's a female wrestler, uh, one of the, in WWE. And he made a comment on uh, a podcast from 2016. This is why I constantly tell people, you got to watch what you say, because it's all out. Yeah. So anyway. Someone found the thing because there's all the stuff going on with the women and the assault. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but a lot of people have been getting arrested. Anyway, we're going to get right back to baseball. I'm just filling him in on this. On the podcast, they asked him, you know, a question and basically said, oh, what do you think of Sasha Banks? And this was his reply. Now, he's young. This is his reply. Oh, man, she looks good. I just want to go and rape her. Oh, oh man. Boy. So he said that on the podcast cast so not very good choice of words there's a, no, no, no. the f word would have been fine you know too and anyway it would better better than that word i mean you can't get i don't know man. so he basically used those words so the aew basically has not fired him they've suspended him and will reevaluate the situation after he undergoes sensitivity training Wow! Wow! Oh, yeah! You you gotta watch what you say, man, and post it. Absolutely, because they Goodness. they go back to 2016 and find it, and all it all it winds up being is somebody's probably looking at something, listening to an old podcast. It's just, oh my goodness, I gotta post this. And yeah. So anyway, so back to baseball. So we're here. We've got it. They're just signing off on the. I know the last two things they needed the. They said they wouldn't ask the players to, to waive their right for a grievance. Um, they said that all they need them to do is sign off on the safety precautions, which they're expected to do, and sign off on whether they can be ready in eight days to go to training camp, which they're going to do. I don't know yeah. if they're going to. I don't know if we're going to see training camp games or not. That'd be pretty cool. I, I mean, I'll stake anything right now. <clears throat> I mean, I mean I'm, I'm one step away from watching cricket, so yeah, you know. I mean, I'll take what I can get. Um, Justin said they need to open the borders in Canada. I don't know how that's going to work, Justin, yet. Um, that's a little bit out of my pay grade. But um, I, if they have to, worst case, Toronto will play somewhere here. I don't even yeah. know if they're playing in New York. I mean, for all we know, they might be playing in Florida. I mean, I'm, we're still trying to figure that out. Alexander mentions it's going to be weird with no fans. That's true. All sports are going to be weird with no fans. But – you got to ask yourself, no fans, or would you rather have no sports? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's not there's not a lot you can do about it except maybe feed uh, noise into there. That may be great on the radio, but on TV, that's really not going to make a difference. It's not the same though, and no. I could see it becoming a complaint. Like I could see, I could see like them feeding noise through the stadium and cranking it up at a certain time, and then after the game, one of the managers say it would never have been that loud. What yeah, yeah. As Steven's in the house, says hello, Jim and Mac. 
Uh, you know, we need our own thing, like Jim and Mac barbecue sauce or something. We got to get a product. So okay, it rhymes. It just goes together. So, so with baseball coming back, it's the start. You know, I think hockey was like football's always just said we're not going to stop. It's football. Yeah. There's never been a time where football said we're not. We have to think about it. You know, they've been across the board. And unfortunately for football, and I'm going to tell you this: sports fans take notice. What happens with basketball, baseball, and hockey? Because in reality, they're serving as the test dummies for football. If baseball, basketball, and hockey have major outbreaks and can't make it through their shortened season, I promise you football is not coming back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if they're going to go, they're going to go ahead with this stuff. I, I hope there's some plans. In place no, but what happens? You know, what do you do, Mac? If like, I don't want to turn negative. But I'm just saying, what happens if 30 games into the season, Half, half the teams are totally demolished with the with the virus and have to sit out. They'll have to cancel. And right. football, there's nothing more touchy than football. Yeah, but it's outside. So I mean, that's the biggest biggest advantage, big guys. That but it's all made in the winter when they say that the coronavirus is at its worst. Uh, I I don't know about all that. All I know is that when you're outside, the the chance of catching any kind of disease decreases just because of the air and and the, oh, and baseball's the outside. Yeah, if they don't play indoors, that yeah, they're great. They're great. Yeah, how do you how do you explain the fact that five Phillies got it and they're playing out? They're tra- working outside. I mean, that's got to that's got to probably be from other people that they know. I mean, I don't think it's you know it comes in from your family, it comes in uh, from your friends. I don't think it's the players. I mean, the players got to come from somewhere. But if you're in a in a close place, and I think I told you the story before, you know, I know a guy that was in a submarine and there was a flu, and that whole ship went down. And then you're outside, say in the army or something like that. You're outside. It's harder because you're closed. You're in closed places. Well, I'm hoping you're right, and I'm hoping that for all of our sake, I hope that we, you know, I hope that we get a, you know, that we get a vaccine so we can all be healthy, and so that maybe next year we can all go watch sports. Because you know? that ultimately would be the ultimate goal, right? Oh, of course it is. That's what we want, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, they're even talking about putting some fans in the football stadiums already. I mean, football is going straight ahead. I don't. I, I, it's too big a money maker. I, that's going to be being played. I, I could, like I said, I'm almost ninety percent guaranteed that's going to happen. Write that down, folks. Max said ninety percent. I don't know if that's a Vegas bet somewhere, but <laughs> write that down. So if he's wrong, you can you know call him out because I have yes. no, I have no problem with you guys coming on the air and you know calling him out. Definitely. Never being wrong. <laughs> I will provide the phone. So yeah, I know he would. Give, he might get another phone just so you get two people at once. I'll, I'll, I'll pay money for a, line, a number they won't forget. 1-800-BIG-GUY <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, just so they can call in. So, But I do worry about that. But it's all good news today. It's yeah. all gravy. They're coming back. I don't mind the DH thing. It doesn't bother me. I don't like pitchers hitting anyway. Never have. Even though I'm a National League guy, I'd rather see yeah. the DH. I'm excited to truly see what other rules they're putting in. Like that's what I want to see. Like, um, you know, you know about the divisions, you know about the DH, but I want to see other things. You know, I want to see is it going to be thirty and twenty with the taxi squad? Is that going to be official? I want to see are they changing up the days and times of play? Like are a lot of games taking place during the day? Now, I, according to that, I think they're going to do 60 games with 10 days off. So they're still giving games off. 
So, so are they going to be playing double headers? Is what I want to know. Well, no, they got 60, 60 games with 10 days off. So they're doing the regular season over a 70 game period. So obviously they're going to have to do double headers if there's a rain out. Exactly. That's but they don't even talking. necessarily have to because you have 10 days off. So they can also pick a day off because remember, they're keeping all the people close together. And let me yeah. tell you something if you're a Met fan, you're catching a break not having Atlanta in the division. Well, but you know something too, Jim. I mean, they they schedule double headers because not is because of arrest too. I mean, you know, I mean, if if you got say you're playing, you got four or five, you got four or five games you miss. You don't know, so now you only got five days of rest. I mean, I I imagine the players would wouldn't mind playing a double header to get a day off. So that's all I was thinking. It's possible. I mean, there's going to be rain. Things yeah. get rained out. You know, that's there's no way to avoid that. So, you know, so we're back and. uh now we get ready and we see the rosters and we start making predictions and we get to watch sure. games and report on scores. And hopefully, hopefully all of our, the local teams are good. Yeah. You know, hopefully they're all in it and that they don't yeah. get ravaged by injuries. And, you know, it's funny you speak about injuries and I'm going to bring up Aaron judge for a minute. So just to, I just want to go to show you how much you can't trust what you see on social media. So I'm scrolling through social media today and I see a, you know, I don't I can't click on every article and read every single article, especially because I have a job, too. So, you know, whatever. So I'm scrolling down and I see an article that says, uh, you know, and you get a lot of fake stuff. You got to be careful. Like if you see a Yankee article and the, it came from like uh, pinstripe it's probably yeah. fake or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, I'm scrolling down. And I see an article that someone linked about, you know, 11 o'clock this morning. Aaron Judge is ready to go if they play. I'm, oh, okay. It's good. It's good. You know, it's good because, I mean, it's good for Yankee fans. And, you know, there was some question, right? So I'm still scrolling down after I saw that header. And I'm not even like six more people down on my wall where it says Aaron Judge not ready to go in serious trouble. <laughs> I don't know. Unless I hear it from like ESPN or the Yankees mouth or MLB, I have no idea whether Aaron Judge is ready to go. There, there are so many sites out there right now that it, that are, are just off the wall. I mean, you know, we do a lot of information. We investigate a lot of a lot of information for the show to get ready and stuff. And if you don't go on ESPN, CBS Sports, or at least the home team page, uh, you're going to get all kinds of crazy stories. Well, I get. I make sure I do our research on you know you know, sites that, you know, that we've heard of. I'm not, you know, yankeesirac.com is not one of them. You know what I mean? So um, according to, like, for example, like you have, uh, you know, Yankees Goyard, given some press, says they're they're reporting that he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah. You know, and then, you, you know, so, I mean, who knows? I mean, he, I mean, we talked about this earlier and, a lot, no, but you know, if you want to look at a positive from a baseball standpoint, I've said this a lot of them. Nobody caught a break bigger than the Yankees by not having the season start on time. Let's not go through that whole. Thing. No, I mean we're not going to go through it, but it's true. Now that you look, I'm looking at just recent article. Aaron Hicks is ready. Yep. Aaron Judge is ready. G. Aaron Judge Danton is ready. Aaron Judge is not ready. Well, if they are. The only person who's not ready, James Paxton's definitely ready. The only person that when you start in the season, you're going to have five or six starters on the DL. Now, the right. only one that's going to be on the DL is Severino, because no matter you could sit the whole year, he wasn't going to be ready. Right. So, I mean, they caught a break. You could lock it off all you want and you could laugh and say, ah, we don't need to cover it. But in a 60 game season, 
you can't afford to be out without three of those guys for 40 games. The I only thing, you think all your little lobies are going to. The only thing play. I can bring up is the truth and the, what happened. All these guys went down at once. The Yankees bench players, and they brought people up for the minor well, leagues. Never was going to happen again. And never. we went on a tear. I know. I hear we you. We went on a tear. You, you do keep telling everyone that Mike Talkman is good. Go ahead. He's not. One year wonder. Same with Gio Urshela. You heard it here first. Urshela. Proof is in the pudding. We Urshela did it. Urshela ain't nothing. He ain't nothing. All right. All right. All right. So give Ann Dahar back the job, please. So we, we can have a real ball player. Give Andar back the job. That's why I want to have the job. So anyway, so right after you get the baseball news, you get good news from basketball. It's like it's almost like basketball was like, listen, baseball just announced we gotta get in on this. We gotta get in on this, or we're gonna fall behind the wayside. <clears throat> it couldn't have been an hour <clears throat> after baseball when basketball came out and said, We're officially ready to go. Yeah. We're yeah. starting at the end of the job. Not only that, they didn't even waste time. Today at noon, they allowed teams to start talking to players who had been either released or let go to join their team or yeah. transaction. So the transaction period's open. Basketball's ready to go. You had mentioned on the update, the one thing about basketball, and I mentioned this to you, they told every player they have the right to not play if they don't feel safe. Now, sure. Trevor Ariza has decided not to play uh, – at least for the first month, he's not going to do anything for a month. But that's strictly because he's having a custody battle with his child, and the court said you can have these 30 days to spend with him. So he can either yeah. play or he can go be with his child, and he's going to go be with his child, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Big respect to him to choose his child over the sport. You can understand that. You definitely can understand Absolutely. So, you know, that's a good thing. So I don't think you'll see too many big stars not play. I mean, you I know, I mean, all right, Kyrie's not going to play, but he's hurt, so who cares? I don't want to hear from Kyrie anyway. I don't, anything Kyrie says to me, I, I put like when I try to think about stuff I believe in, I put Kyrie even with like Dr. Fucci or whatever. Yeah. They're like one in one. They might be good friends. I don't know. Could be. Could be. You know? Yeah, that's that. That I mean, that was that was very smart to 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 give him a, to get to let him go. Let him go on a team that, and you know, I feel bad for the Nets too. I feel bad for him because they got a good, solid little team there. And if uh, if if Kyrie and and was playing, and, yeah, and, and if they were playing, they would probably be an awesome team. They'll be but out you know, in the first round. But you want to know something? I I have more faith in their team without them right now than I do with them. I mean, you know, they're a good team. They're well coached. And and Kyrie, I don't. He was never a leader. He always had problems, and now he just stirs the pot. And oh, he's yeah. not even playing. He's like, yeah. I don't even. I don't. I'm not a big Durant fan either, to be honest with you. Yeah, he yeah. could play now, and he's saying, "Oh, I'm just going to wait." I'm not a big Durant fan. I never was. Never was. You can't deny he's a great basketball player. He's yeah, but it is what it is. But that's that's what I don't. That's what I don't like is when you you when you be greatness, you should also, you know, you also you know, to me, it's like be great. But also be humble and be there yeah. for the fans. Like that's why, even though I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, I have respect for LeBron because yeah. there he comes out. You know, I don't, I don't have any respect for Durant. I'm glad he's not a Nick. You yeah. know, go whine and act like you're all that somewhere else. I don't want to hear. There you go. So. Yeah, I mean, I same thing with me with LeBron. I mean, a lot of people. Uh, have spoke out against him as he's been coming up and stuff like that. I never, I never had an opinion one way or another until recently. I, I really, I'm really starting to respect the man more than the basketball player, which is, is you know, it, it just gives me a new light on, 
and LeBron James. Which I of really course, agree. of course. And Justin makes a good point. I'm in the same boat with you. But, Justin, I can get a little bit excited about watching the playoffs simply for the fact that as a Nick fan like yourself, I'm used to not being there. So, <laughs> you know, I've, I've grown accustomed to it. It's not like this is something new. Right. <laughs> When's the last time we were actually relevant in the playoffs? I don't know. Something, you know I mean, what, 84? Uh, I don't know. 94? Yeah. I and I so what I do is I just watch the basketball playoffs now and I root for all the underdogs. So no offense to the Lakers or no disrespect to LeBron, but I'd like to see them get knocked out. And oh, since, definitely. And since I'm a Duke fan, if they play the Pelicans, I'm all about Zion. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I'm gonna I root for the underdogs in sports when my teams are not there. That's just you really all the time, all the time. Yeah, I'm not like that. I'm not like that, but it depends on the game. I mean, when the the Mets are playing the Red Sox, and 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 I think it was 80, 86. Am I saying it right? When the Mets were playing the Red Sox, the the, the Red Sox I were the favorite, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think I remember yeah, that a little bit. I, I, but guess what? I mean, the Mets are the, even the Mets were the yeah. Favorite. But you're talking about local. I'm not talking about like I'm not okay. talking local. Like in the playoffs, I'll be rooting for the Nets to see them advance. But Definitely. I'm talking about if it's two teams that are not from the area, I usually either do two things. I root for someone who has the most players on their team that are from the college team I like in that sport. Yeah. Or I root for the underdog if I have no college guys. So that's just just what I do because it's more exciting. I mean it's more Cinderella story to see. You imagine you imagine could you even like fathom how shocking it would be if the Pelicans won the title? Wait, 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 let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So the Boston Celtics are from this area. The New England Patriots are no, from No, they're from your area. They're wait, not wait, 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 wait a minute. It's from New York. It's from this area. It's northeast. No. So I, I'm just you're just saying from this area. You say so you're I, telling me that if you went to a bar and we went to a bar and we took ten thousand bar a huge bar or an arena and took ten thousand people from Boston and ten thousand people from New York, they're gonna sit there and say they're friends. Of Are course you, not. No, they're not from here. But, but that was I, I want to hear your example so I can answer it. Go well, on. that was my point. You're saying from this area underdog. So I said New if, York, New York. So, Okay, so we're just we're, I just want to make sure because you know you're talking about underdogs in the area. Are we if we're strictly talking New York, I'm all with you there. But if we're well, talking we're about sports show, I don't care about the Bulls. All right, okay, all right. I'm just you said that. Well, you know what though? Technically speaking, yes, I would probably root for Boston in a lot of series because they have Jason Tatum from Duke. So I would, you know, he fills oh, that role. Now there went there went your whole reasoning. You just went no, out. I the told window. you that I always will choose if it's not two New York teams. I look at the teams first and see who on the teams could be from Duke, for example. And right. I, unless and if it's not even, you know, if one team's got two Duke or one Duke, and the other guys another, I'm going to root for them. But if they were none of them had Duke or it was one and one, I'd probably root for the underdog. So if the Celtics were the underdog, you would root for them. If they were not playing the Nets or the Knicks, of course, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm asking. So I right. just want to know. I just want to know. I, I, I mean, I was want to see the same teams win it. I've seen LeBron win it already. I've seen well, Golden State's not going to the playoffs, but I've seen Golden. I would like to see, like, to be honest, if you want me to pick a a good team, I would love to see Milwaukee win it. That's my pick. I mean, I would love to see him get his title because he's the, yeah. probably the best player in the league right now. Not only, that, not only that, not only that, not only that, I think Milwaukee is probably the best overall team. In the league too, without without building a team, without players getting together and making a team up, this is probably the one of the best basketball teams in the league. And I, I pick Milwaukee. I think they're going to win everything. There you, there you go. So you know, baseball's back, basketball's back, yeah. hockey's right around the corner. They're coming on. Series. I mean, and here's the funny part about this whole thing: <clears throat> all three of those sports 
are scheduled to start regular games the last week of July. Ain't that crazy? If you want to talk about us having a lot of coverage to talk about, we're going to have to cover every all three sports every night because they're all starting at the same time. Now, now, good news for the people adjusting before you sign. The good news is. Is even because we're on Wednesdays, we're five to seven. We're off the air right before any of the good sporting events start. Very true. Very yeah. true. And the NFL's pre-trading uh, is starting July 28th. So everything's going off at once. And it may be a little bit more important with the other games or games, but the NFL is always going to be the news. And, and we're going to be. Well, yeah, I mean, the NFL will be there, but we'll be spending a lot of time, like especially in July. And we don't know what they're going to do yet, the NFL, with as far as practice games are they going to do their preseason are they going to nail it down but yeah the majority of the talk will be on the you know we'll never leave the nfl because we're going to be talking about training camp battles and this and that but you know we're going to be swamped with scores and that's what i'm saying that's That's what what everything about everything that's what it's all about you know what i mean so you know that's going to be exciting because it's for us we've been you know we've been doing this now for almost two months and by the time we get to the end of July, it's going to be three months. And we've really just, like any other sports station, even the big wigs at ESPN and Fox, you're just trying to create your own news at this point. Yes, and sir. We don't have any scores to talk about, highlights, or you know anything like that. I mean, and, it'll, yeah. and I think it'll also, to be honest with you, when all the sports get back, it'll help the world. Great. I think that, you know, if you put aside, for example, the protests for a minute, and you put aside... Um, not put aside as in stop doing them. I mean, but I think that like during the protests, you've also seen, you know, people deface stuff and riot and looting and, you know, for whatever reason, and you have the coronavirus and everything. And I think that if you factor in the fact that a lot of people have been cooped up for months, even the people who have gone to work because they're essential and they got to leave their house the whole time, it's not the same for them either. Because when they're leaving work, they're not getting to go, oh, maybe they like to usually hit the bar and get a beer, or maybe they like to go get eat at a restaurant or whatever. None of that stuff was open. So for a while, you had everybody cooped up, and then you had no sports, which are widely popular in this country. And I think everybody – I think a lot of the other stuff you see going on is people just being from – no, I'm not talking about pro. I'm talking about like the damaging and the walking around and all this. I think that – a lot of it adds to people are just cooped up. And oh, yeah. They're going stir crazy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're sitting around all day doing nothing. Or, you know, there's only so many times that you can clean that windowsill. You know what I'm saying? Before you know, so many times you can watch Netflix before you watch the whole library and you're like, well, well I need something new. <laughs> listen, big guy, I'm talking about cleaning the house. You're talking about watching movies. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I have people that clean the windowsills. I don't know. What, you know I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I know you got. I have, you clean your own windowsills? Of course, of course I do. With what? A rag? You just spray some Windex on it or something? Nah, man, you get you scrub them, man. You get get some soapy water, hot soapy water. You know, you scrub it down pretty good. Then you might hit it with a little polish. It depends. You know? How dirty are your windowsills that you they're, need? They're not dirty at all. <laughs> they're not dirty at all anymore. No, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's there's people that do this stuff. I mean, I have people that cut the grass. I, mm-hmm. Hey, listen. That's why you're the big guy, and I'm just Mac. You know what I'm saying? No, that's why I bought a condo, and so that there I don't have to for my own lawn. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I have to do with the big guy. I do with the the condo and the the you know I got I, yeah you know and the cat's gonna dirty the windows anyway. So I'm yeah. gonna do everything. Well, so, but so no, you got basketball back. 
Yes. And now you got hockey back. Yes. Football never never had to come back because they never canceled anything. You exactly. know, I mean, I can't even begin to fathom what I would have talked about in April if they didn't have the draft. Oh my god! I mean, uh, yeah, that would have been crazy. We would have been doing lists like we've been doing. List, list, list. Who's the best? I, got, I can't do skits anymore because I get I get the the Facebook kicks me off. They say, oh, you can't throw that clip. That's right. I mean, That's I find it hard to believe that Tom Hanks saw me play his clip. Yes, you can't he probably would have liked it because he's a good guy. I, I mean, listen, he probably would have loved you putting him on, but you know, you just can't go and just take stuff, big guy. I don't know. What, I don't know. What Maybe if I send Tom Hanks an email and beg him, he'll come up. He's a nice guy. I got him on. I uh, got him on Instagram. I'm gonna hit him up. I'm just say, listen, I know I'm a no, I know I'm a nobody. I got like 22 fans, but listen, can you help me out? Yeah. Just come on and talk to me. I don't even care what we talk about. I just want him to deliver that line. You know, there's no crying in baseball. If you just get him on, just to say that there's no crying in baseball. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then look, and Alexander's pointing out, you know, July 8th to August 11th, the MLS tournament. Yeah. All 2016 soccer. I mean, everything. It's just coming back. Now we just yeah. need everyone to be healthy. That's all. That's all. We, I, mean, That's all. And I don't know what the deal is yet with, you know, college sports, but college football starts regular games in August. So they'd be like, you know, you get baseball, basketball, hockey, MLS all in July, the end of July, a week or two later, if everything goes as it should, you're right in a college football plan. And, and think and, and think about this, Jim, the college football depends Depends a lot on the fans. Depends a lot on games. Not have any fans for college. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a heck of a time trying to overcome that. I mean, you know, these are these aren't pros. They're not getting paid to play. I mean, are, are they willing to go out there and take a chance and and something happen where they can't play pro football or something? Well, that's an interesting point you bring up because I I don't know what their rights are because they're getting scholarships. They, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but in a way, the college basically owns them. I mean, I mean, do they not? I mean, yeah, but I mean, this ain't for football. Well, what are they going to do? Cancel every player's college? They can't do that. I mean, they well, can't I just don't know it. what they're going to do, but I would imagine that the players would like to play. I mean, think about it. A lot, if you're playing, you know, if you're playing and you're trying to get your draft status up, you ain't doing any good if you're sitting around. No, you know I don't know. So, I mean, I'm sure they want to play because they're playing for something. Yeah. So, you know, so, oh, we're almost at our, oh, so Doug says, what is MLS? I can't live, like, I've found that it's, I don't know how this happened, but sometime like a month ago when I first discovered Doug, you know, right. and then Doug goes on these boards and he just harasses every football fan he can just to troll them. I found that I really look forward to seeing every day on Facebook, like what he, I get a kick out of it. Yeah. Like what he writes, what he says. And I mean, he can only do it in certain groups because the other ones would kick him. Right. But in the NFL Battle Royal group, he just goes, you know, balls to the wall and it's very entertaining. Yeah. Well, I mean, he isn't he either a, a Redskin fan, too. That's yeah. I mean, I'd bring him on the show, but I'd be worried that I'd violate several FCC or whatever laws if I could let him speak without a delay. He'd need uh, like a two minute delay, basically. I was just saying, go, don't. People who in glass houses shouldn't be throwing rocks. I think something like that is. Don't let them throw them. It's entertaining. All right, go ahead. Throw the rocks. Better than the depressing crap I see all the time on Facebook. Let them go throw ahead. rocks. All right. Good fun. I got a 30-30 for you. I got to do a little update. I'm going to wing it, all right? So here we go. Let me do a little 30-30. The Big Guy Sports 30 and 30 Sports Flash. All 
All right, so this is your 30 and 30 sports flash update at 5.30, presented by the Big Guys Sports. We had a couple couple things today, as we've already covered. The Islanders have released images of Belmont Park set to open in 2021. I don't know if you've seen it. It looks amazing. I can't wait to take a trip out there. The NBA News, they are coming back. They are ready to go. As we've been discussing, they will be taking place at the end of the month. Most big names has confirmed that they're going. Uh, AEW has suspended Sammy Gervea indefinitely until he undergoes sensitivity training for comments that resurfaced from a 2016 podcast about Sasha Banks. The Trailblazers, Trevor Ariza has decided that he's not coming back to play right away as he is going to take that time to go and spend with his son. And the Knicks have requested to interview Jason Kidd. And that is your 30 and 30 big guy sports flash update for the half hour. So, with that being said, I need to get like some music in the background when I told like, dun, 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 you know, like, you know, so, all right. So anyway, so I want to bring, I want to talk about, because uh, our, our good friend, Robert Bonilla, who, you know, sometimes joins us, who, by the way, for the record, and I don't think he's here today, um, and for the record, and before I get in, Justin wanted to let everyone know, but I want to precursor that justin is a ranger fan make sure you understand that ranger fan he said the islanders arena is a waste of space but he's a ranger fan so just keep that in mind so if you're listening and you're an islander fan don't get upset because he's a ranger did you think he was going to say something nice about you i'm a flyers fan do you think i say anything nice about crosby or the penguins hell no i don't say anything nice about so you know it is what it is uh and alexander just to close out on the college fan he said it's going to be tough in the sec where there's no fans. And, and you know, and I want to get to this other thing in a minute, but just to touch base, in college football, it's going to be hard for teams to upset bigger name teams when they come to play in the lesser team stadium without the fans because the fans get you up for the knockoff. Yeah. You well, know it's, it's, yeah, college football is a lot more emotional, a lot more, uh, you know, it's you're playing for the school, you're playing for your, your team, where football – it's the same to a point, but it's more of a business and it's more of a job. It's all it's from high school, Jim, from from youth to high school to college. And I've coached most of it. Uh, it's a lot about emotion. It's a lot about uh, doing things that you didn't think you can do and surprising yourself with a professional football. They're all they're all talented athletes. They just got to gel here in the college level. I mean, you can upset some big teams in college and high school. We've seen it. And, and that's just off pure emotion. Absolutely. And and now I want to switch over to because Robert, as I said, well, I was mentioning Robert and I got off track there for a minute. So Robert says <clears throat> he's a regular. He loves baseball, but he says he won't go back to any baseball games here until they allow fans, because I think Robert's in Puerto Rico, I believe. Okay. And he's the Puerto Rican league starting the winter league starts in October. And I guess they're allowing fans. So he's going to wait for that and watch. Sure. That. Right. But anyway. He mentioned to me that I should watch a documentary from the other day that I didn't get a chance to watch that they did on one of the sports channels about Ken Griffey Jr. Now, I've always loved Ken Griffey Jr. because he played the game right. He had a lot of skills. He never said anything dumb. You know, he was just played the game the right way. And I gained extra respect for him when I found out that he never would have wanted to play for the Yankees. That's extra respect right there because who wants to play for the Yankees? I don't. So <clears throat> I like gained a lot of respect for him. And I was looking back and just going over – you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Have you looked into that? Have you read about the story on why as a young kid, 
He decided yeah. I'll never play for the Yankees. Well, this is this is no secret. Jim. No, I mean, no, no, it was I, a secret to me. I mean, I knew this. I knew this way back in '95. But uh, yeah, it not, not it wasn't covered like this. But I already knew this. And yeah, I, I saw the story. I kind of already knew about it. It was from his Enlight- enlighten me a little bit on this. Well, it's from his father's playing days. There, we had a third baseman named Craig R- what, Nettles. Yeah, yes, sir. He was an unbelievable third baseman, Golden Glove. He, he, he won one World Series by himself at at third base. And uh, his son was out there. He would field ground balls. And a lot of a lot of players had their kids and families down there. Steinbrenner did not like it. Uh, and if he caught you doing it, he would send word down to the to the to the you know to the bench and say, "Get those kids uh, to leave the uh, to leave the dugout." So Ken Griffey Sr. at the time was playing for the Jet for the Yankees, and uh, his and of course. Ken Griffey Jr. was his son, and he was there with him. And uh, Steinbrenner called down, and he told him to, uh, you know, have the little guy, Ken Griffey Jr., to leave. And uh, Ken Griffey Sr. was a little upset because Craig Dennell's son was out there fielding balls. So so that's what is why Ken Griffey Jr. And hates the Yankees. Listen, let him hate him. Listen, it's okay. So does half of America. Join the club. So, so anyway, so yeah, looking at his – what a career. I mean, we already knew his numbers, but I mean, 600 home run, um, never was accused of steroids. His head didn't grow seven sizes like Barry Bonds did. So I'm pretty sure he didn't take steroids. And plus down the stretch when he started to lose it those last few years, I think if he did take steroids, he would have took them then and kind of kept it, you know, um, probably I got to be honest with you for, and I'm only going to comment on the times that I've actually seen baseball. I can't go back. Um, back to did Justin miss why he couldn't didn't want to play for the Yankees or did Justin catch that? Justin on Facebook says why didn't you want to play for the Yankees? Basically because George Steinbrenner as a child kicked him off the field and let another child of Craig Nettles stay on the field. So yeah. so anyway, so he said he never played for the Yankees, which he never did. So in my time, Ken Griffey Jr. had one of the sweetest left-handed home run swings I've ever seen. Yeah, what I mean, a listen, sweet swing, right? Listen, he's he, he was an old school ball player. He played the game hard all the time. He ran hard. He was an outstanding outfielder, a great power hitter, a great average hitter. He could have played back with the with the baseball greats, and and, and I mean, just unbelievable. Probably in the top to me, probably in the top eight to ten ball players of all time. Easy. And and he had so many. He's such a clutch player. Just looking back at how many clutch moments he had in his lifetime. I mean, can you beat the going back to back on home runs with his father? No, can you even beat that. Who is whoever gets a chance to do that? I mean, you know, play with your father and hit back to back home runs. He hit his 500th home run, which is obviously a monumental home run on Father's Day. With his father in attendance, I mean, the guy just—he was clutch, man. He just constantly put it up. Pure natural. I mean, I, I can I can put him up there and compare him to Willie Mays, which is one of the greatest ball players of all time. I mean, I, he killed the Yankees. I mean, he always killed the Yankees in '95. I mean, in his lifetime, he killed the Yankees. The stats are amazing. What he did to us uh, during during his career and in 1995, he destroyed us almost single-handedly. There was a time when he almost he was very close. There's some side stories and backstories I don't know about. He almost became a Met. Yeah. He became a free agent. There was reasons for whatever. They didn't become a Met. Actually kind of worked out because I think that was when he kind of started to fall off a little bit. 
<clears throat> so I don't know if it would have been a great thing for the Mets to get him when he's on the downside. But I mean, you're just talking about one of the greats to ever play the game. You know, <laughs> if he could have, if he didn't have those down the stretch years where he struggled a little bit, he might have set, he might have been able to set the home run record. And that was just not, injury. Not for a season, but overall. Yeah. No but that was just injury, too, big guy. That was injuries. He got injuries. And if he was taking steroids, he would have been able to come back and play even stronger because right, which he didn't do. He didn't right. do. I mean, no one ever said, "Oh, I thought he was." He's never been discussed, you know, in that conversation. I mean, you're looking at a guy who had a career batting average of 284, which is good. You know, 630 home runs, a 370 on base. He had over 1800 RBI. He had a WAR of 83. I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, you're looking. I'm looking at his. Look at this little window, and this is with no steroids. I mean, you're looking at 45 home runs, 40 home runs. He got hurt a little bit there in 95, so he had a shortened season. 49, 56, 50, back-to-back 56 home run seasons. 48, 40, 23. He kind of like started to drop off a little bit. Injuries started to play a factor where he went 8, 13, 20. Then he comes back when people are thinking, oh, he's done because he had three years of like injuries. He had like, three years in a row where he barely, you know, he was hurt all the time. 100%, yeah. And he did eight, he did eight, 13, and 20. So people think he's he's done. But then in 2005, after three years of playing half a season or less at the age of 35, he puts up 300 batting average, 35 home runs, 92 RBIs. Yep, and, 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 that, gasp in him, you know? and that's not even counting how great a fielder he was out there. I mean, he was unbelievable, running to the wall. Like I said, you know, big guy, you have certain players that you can tell are there because they love the game. This guy loved the game. He didn't care if he crashed in the wall. He gave 100% all the time. When he was injured, he was injured. But when he wasn't injured, probably the best. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And then even in, then two years later at 37, he had 30 home runs with 93 RBIs. And this is without steroids. Yep. You know, so – I mean, just a phenomenal career. One of the best. And his fielding was so good. I mean, so good. You know, so I saw that and it was, you know, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch the whole thing yet, but just looking up, looking back at it and just what a swing, what a player, you know, what a, what a talent. Great. One of the greatest of all time. Easy. Hands down, hands down. What a fielder, you know, to some guys, sometimes you get these guys and you just feel bad that, you know, some players you just feel like they deserve to win the title. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. Then, and they didn't, and he didn't, and he had those good teams, and he had those those good teams that were always battling the Yankees with Edgar Martinez, and you know, another good guy, another good one, Edgar That's Martinez. Cool. But you know, all those years, man. I mean, you know, Yankees robbed some people. That was the, that's when they were that's when they were in their prime too. So I mean, it was a heck of a battle. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Seattle, man, a little more pitching. They could have got through that series. They definitely had the hitting. Yeah. A little bit more pitching, they would have got through that, no problem. But you know, it is what it is. So let me flip over to one other interesting note as we're getting down the home stretch here. So, Jason Kidd, yeah. I've heard every name under the sun. <laughs> Thrown, thrown to the Knicks. I actually don't have a problem with Jason Kidd. What I have a problem is, is why there's 10 candidates. Are we that confused that yes. we don't understand who we want to coach this team? They've interviewed like nine, 10 guys. They got plenty of time. I think, I think and maybe I'm next. 
they got plenty of time right now, big guy. I mean, they're not going to play in the playoffs. There's time off. I mean, they can they can they can bring every past, present, and and future coach in there and interview them if they want. I could do it, to be honest with you. Could do I what? Mean, not ho- coach them. It's not. How hard is it to win 14 games at 82? I hey, I don't know. I could walk into 14 wins by accident. Eh, you could, I guess. I mean, I don't know, but uh, I would be know. affordable too because I'll do it half of what any other coach wants. Okay, so what do you think about Jason Kidd coaching the Knicks? I always thought Jason Kidd was a good coach. I thought he got a raw deal in the one place he was at. There, you know, he is, you know, he is a little bit opinionated and he is his guy and it is what it was. But let's face it, Jason Kidd was one of the best point guards to ever play the game. He was extremely cat talented. Him and Vince Carter saved the Nets franchise. I mean, Great. the Nets were like nobody wanted to care about the Nets. You know, you could you could walk to the game five minutes before the net game started and get courtside seats. That's how bad at that time the Nets were. And they saved them, brought them back, had them fighting for titles every year. He was a good coach. I mean, he had some good years as a coach. I mean, I don't have a problem. You have a problem with Jason Kidd? But did you see one of the reasons why they were thinking of, of making him coach? This is this is from the New York headline, so take it for what you want. Not the YankeeIraqi.com site, right? Yeah, yeah. But take it for what it's worth because okay, there's a lot, of, a lot of rumors in there, too. So <laughs> – they say he has a connection with the Milwaukee Bulls center, right? Because he was Milwaukee a Bucks center, yeah. Right, right. So because so for some reason or other, when the kid was 19 years old, and you know he played for the Knicks, and it, 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 you know, I mean, I mean, he he had some kind of conversation. I guess he's not thinking they get him. They're going to get the the Milwaukee yeah. guy when he's a free agent after next year. Now that's not the reason to hire a kid. If that's the reason. Don't bother not the first, They wouldn't be the first team to do that, to hire someone. That, and if we hire him, he'll follow. Listen, we got Isaiah Thomas because he was a great basketball player as a manager. He's going to bring people in. Then we get the great guru, Mr. Zen himself, Mr. Phil Jackson in there because he knows everybody. He's going to bring all the great players in. Neither one did squat. So if you're going to hire Jason Kidd, you hire Jason Kidd because he's a good coach. He's a good player. He knows the game. He can build a, a, a strong character team that maybe some players will want to come play with and not just trying to bring people in from other teams. So if that's why they're getting them, don't get them. If they're getting well, I them don't think, so I don't think that this is, you know, that I don't think that getting him guarantees they're going to get him. I, 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 I don't, I've seen articles. I mean, who knows where he's going to go. He's going to be the most sought after guy. The Knicks are not going to be the only one with money. And you got to convince him this is a place to go. But I'm looking at Jason Kidd's records. He's right. He's never been terrible. So you, his first coaching year, he take he leads the Nets to 44 and 38. Not bad. 44 and 38 Nets. Hey, Milwaukee first year, 41 and 41. Uh, he goes uh, to Milwaukee. They're 33 and 49 the next year, 42 and 40. Then he's 23 and 22 and gets let go. And now he's assistant coach. Right. So he's not awful. He's a couple games under 500. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you look through the candidate, the candidates out there for the Knicks, and you know, you have to wonder who is the best candidate. I mean, Alexander says it's mostly because Dolan's terrible. Well, yeah, never we all know that. Uh, Justin, I've ranted and raved on the air multiple times about Mark Jackson, but he seems to be the only person in the world that can't get an interview. So I don't know if that either. So I would love Mark Jackson. I just don't. I just don't want a repeat guy. Like I've heard the arguments about Woodson and other guys. I don't want someone who's been here before. We need yeah. a fresh face, but more importantly, we need talent. 
It doesn't yeah. matter who comes. The Knicks have no talent. Everybody says that. Listen, you're not going to get talent if you don't have a good team. Who wants to go play with the Knicks? I mean, you name one person. I mean, what to play at Madison Square Garden? That that doesn't mean anything. That used to be a thing. You got to have a, a strong character, solid team that's almost near 500. Then you can talk about people coming over to want to play for the Knicks. If you're in the bottom of the cellar every year and you've got an idiot for an owner that doesn't know doesn't know how to put a GM in place to do his job, they, they just want to stay away from the Knicks. You need a coach in there that will build a solid team, a high character team. Then you might get your superstar. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying is that I don't think it matters at the moment who coaches the team until they get you know until they get some talent because right now they don't have the talent you know to get the job done they do you really don't. believe do, do you believe the nets are a really talented team without durant and, and Kyrie? no i no but i mean look at them they're going to the playoffs this year solid with, right you know, solid team. Team. you so? know I mean, they're a solid team, Jim. So that's you need a solid team to get somebody that wants to go there. They don't want to play on a team that has free agents coming in and out, and they, they got a rookie here and there, and there's nothing going on. Nobody wants that mess, especially with an owner like Dolan. You gotta have a you gotta bring a coach in there that can get the Knicks close to five hundred, get them in the playoffs in the top sixteen teams for God's sakes. If you can't do that with professional basketball players, you shouldn't be coaching in the NBA to begin with. So I do have some breaking news for you yesterday, and I had it. I had a feeling that this was – I didn't want to bring this up yesterday, but I was having – you know, you heard about the thing with the noose in NASCAR, right? Yes. Okay. Now, everybody knows the story that that guy who was an actor on that show Empire conjured up that thing where, you know, he said he was attacked and it was racial and then it turned out it wasn't and now he's got charges against him. So, anyway. So – I didn't say anything on Facebook as the comments were flying around about the noose because I found something interesting that people started to mention. We live in an age where everything that is said, oh, we lost Mac again. We live in an age where everything that's been said has been, he can hear me at least. Everything that's been said is people find it. You find it on the internet. There's pictures of everything. There's videos of everything. Hell, you got videos of riots. I mean, there's a video of everything. And it started to go around where it started to go around where people were. You still hear me? It started to go around where people were. Am I back in? Yes. It started to go around where people were questioning why has nobody seen a picture of this thing? Right. You know, in today's day and age, why is there no picture? So whatever, I let it go. So now the FBI has determined, this is breaking news on ESPN, that the victim, he was not the victim of a hate crime and that the pull rope fashioned like a noose, but it's a lot smaller. The hole is like this, has been on that garage door since last fall. Does it surprise you? No, not really. Because I mean, this is the same guy that, this is the same guy that a few, a month ago was kicked off a, they were doing a lot of the sports, you know, a lot of the sports leagues had gone to, you know, had gone to playing sports on the, you know, video games and televising it. And he was in a NASCAR league they were doing and he lost a race and he threw something and made a baby fit and stormed off and they kicked him out of the league. So, yeah. no, I'm not really shocked because I hadn't seen a picture. So he said that thing was there. there that thing was there before he ever used that a garage. Right. 
So there was no intentional act of racism against him. Now, I applaud NASCAR regardless, because when they thought there was, they stood by him. And that's important. That's important um, to stand by somebody, especially one of your peers in the sport. I think that's crucial. And I think that NASCAR, um, you know, with all the, you know, we've talked about this before, how if there was ever a sport where there's probably a big time racial divide, it'd be NASCAR just because of where NASCAR is popular and all of that. So to see that they stuck together and backed him up is a big deal to me. Because as far as I understand, he's the only African-American racer on the NASCAR circuit. I could be wrong about that, but I'm not a frequent watcher of wrestling, of NASCAR, I mean. But, you know, Justin makes a good point. Like, it's it didn't sound right. Like, well, wait a second. How did someone get down to the garage? There's security all over the field. People don't just walk through the field. You know what I mean? Or walk through the track. And it turns out that it wasn't. Now it is what it is. He maybe he didn't know that, you know, he just joined that locker room. So as far as as far as Bubba Wallace was concerned, he didn't know that he didn't know that that wasn't a, you know, a device to look like a noose because that's not it wasn't his garage. So it turns out it wasn't. And I think the point here being is that everything is so volatile right now and everything is so on edge right now that we've all got to stop jumping to the gun on this stuff. We have to, you know, we jumped to the gun when Baker was arrested. Everybody did. Oh, he's got to go. Giants got to get rid of him. He committed a crime, blah, blah, blah. Well, he hasn't been charged yet officially. You know, so we jumped on that. You know what I mean? Now we jump, we hear, oh, there was a noose. Well, where were the pictures and the videos? So we jumped on that. We all got to slow down. We're all such in a rush. And I mean, even on Facebook, Mac, they're in a rush. Like I see people posting videos because, you know, you have people on all different sides of things right now on, on Facebook, whether it's politically, whether it's racially, it is what it is. There's a lot of people on different sides. You see people posting videos. Oh, look, blah, blah, blah. Is this, this is what they mean by good protesting. And, you know, it's a video of, you know, looks like a racially motivated fight. And then, you know, you look at it and you look to yourself and it's like, I saw that video two years ago. That has nothing to do with anything going on now. So everybody is so quick to just rush and throw stuff out there. And, you know, this is another incident where I think everybody jumped the gun before letting anybody investigate. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know something, and I don't know what happened or what exactly was going on in somebody's head, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you, if you saw something like that uh, and you saw that something that looked like a noose and, and, and nobody wouldn't pick a picture. You would think, and not only that, you would call somebody over. You would, I mean, there would be a, I don't know. You would say, "Hey, what's what the hell is going on here? Right? This is my garage. Why? Why is there a noose in here? Who let this? How did someone of, get in my garage? Yeah, what son of a gun let this? I mean, I mean, you would be mad at security. You would be. I mean, you would be throwing it. I mean, especially with somebody that's has a noose hanging in your garage. I mean, you would be totally off the hook, and. I don't know how it would feel if I was one of those race drivers right now because symbolism is great sometimes, but most times it's not. I don't know how it would feel right now if I was walking in support of, of, of Bubba Wallace right now and this is not the truth or this, I'm not going to say is made up. because Well, I, they didn't I, say that Bubba Watson lied because he didn't know what that what that, well, that thing's been there for a year. But what I'm saying is we all turn this into is that's what it was. And 
I don't know how it would feel, and 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 and, and it it doesn't matter who it would be that that would say something, whether uh, race, culture, religion. I don't care. But for me to stand up and support a cause or support somebody, which I I do regularly, let's like you're saying, let's take a look and let's see what the heck this is all about. Let's see. How did it happen? Why did it happen? Is there threats? I mean, there's got to be a lot of questions going through your head. There's not just, you know, there are crazy people out there, but man, to break into a fortress like NASCAR and just to put a noose up to send a message to somebody is far-fetched to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the only problem I have with the whole situation is not the way it turned out. It's just that, as Justin had just mentioned, that they painted the field and everything stand with, but is that they didn't take the time to investigate it first before just jumping and automatically assuming the worst. And I'm not blaming anyone at NASCAR because, no. as I just pointed out on Facebook, that's how it's been the last month. Anything and then, that happens, like even in a non related thing, and we only got two minutes here, yeah, even in a non related thing, like I read today that. You know, anybody who knows this is not sport related, but anybody who knows Mel Gibson knows that Mel Gibson had that problem when he was drinking many years back and he made those comments about Jewish people. And for a while he was out of the sport. So Winona Ryder comes out today and makes a statement that says, oh, he said this to me back in 1995. Doesn't have proof of it. It's she said it four hours ago. And I just read that he's already been let go from one of his movies over it. Isn't it crazy? You didn't even investigate it. What do you mean? From 1995, she said, and it's just like, this is the world we live in now? Well, that's what I was trying to That someone accuses you of something, you're that's, done. That's the point I'm trying to make before, Jim. Symbolism over truth. Listen, if you want to celebrate somebody, celebrate them. That's great. All right. But let's not make it symbol symbolic when it's not true. And let's not make it symbolic just to make, to, to make yourself look good. If you really feel that way, great. If you don't, come on, man. Let's listen. I can accuse you of anything. Well, it right? sounds like if you do, it don't believe you. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like automatic. There's no investigating, and we're all guilty. And we only have two minutes left because I right. try to get off at 58 because we want to give the other show to not have to bump together. But there's no there's no pause anymore. There's no yeah. let's see what happened, and we're all guilty of it too because. We automatically assumed when Baker got arrested that he did it before we even saw anything. We all assumed when the thing came out about NASCAR and the news, everybody just said it's real. It was all over. So we're all guilty of not stepping back and taking a minute to see what happened. You know, you know, real quick, my mother always said one thing. You have two ears. I mean, you've got two ears and one mouth for for a reason. You Mm -hmm. should be listening a lot more than you're talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, we are uh, we are wrapping up here. We're in the last 60 seconds here. Um, good show today. I got to thank again, John Hirsch for coming out. Jack Hirsch. Uh, Jack Hirsch, I'm sorry. Uh, great to get some boxing insight, which these days is actually hard to get a hold of because of the fact that it's not where it used to be. And hopefully we'll get to see the great days again. Um, you know, big congrats. Thank you. Everything to him for coming on, to the fans who listened in. Um, good show. Hopefully we'll get some, you know, we'll be back tomorrow five yeah. seven, and I can't wait till we're back when sports are being played. Be beautiful. With that being said, you guys have a good night. We're out. We'll talk to you soon. Take care guys. It is the worldwide sports radio network.